Hello everybody and welcome to episode 5 of the Shiny Side Up podcast dedicated to improved production racing around Australia and hosted by Mick Hazelton and myself, Chris White. This episode was recorded on 14 October 2019. In this episode, an interview many of you have been waiting for. We interview 18-year-old Terraway Zach Hudson, 2019 IPRA Queensland over 2 litre club champion in his very first season in IP racing. We talk about his history in motorsport, his pathway to improve production, and his amazing Phil Laird engineered RX-7. Thanks again for listening. Check out the Shiny Side Up Facebook page for updates and subscribe for future episodes. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Shiny Side Up podcast, hosted by Mick Hazelton and myself, Chris White. And joining us tonight is Zach Hudson. Zach Hudson from Queensland. Hi, Zach. How are you doing, mate? Very well, thank you. Hey, Zach. For... Great to have you, mate. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure being here. I, have, um, I haven't actually heard of you guys before, but I, I'm definitely going to look it up and watch some podcasts and catch up on all the gossip, I should say, in, uh, in improved production. Nobody's here to listen to us. They're all there. Everyone will be tuning in to listen to you tonight, mate. And uh, um, we're really excited to have you on the show. Uh, the, uh, what you've been doing and the results you've uh, you've had this year in IP. It's it's new. It's exciting to see someone with your pace driving something like the RX7 that you're uh, punting around at the moment and, and showing so much pace. It's really exciting to see. So thanks for joining us, mate. No worries. It's a yeah. As I said earlier, it's an absolute pleasure to be on here and um, to talk about. Uh, my experiences in the class so far and uh, my future ventures in it. Good stuff. Uh, before we go any further, I'd just like to once again uh, introduce and thank the um, improved production sponsors for our home club, New South Wales. That's Minor Mix Club. Our sponsors, Yokohama, Vantage Automotive, Aussie Hire, Faber Competition Parts, Midas, Auto Craze, and Bilstein Suspension. And also, in honour of Zach and uh, the IP Queensland crew, motorsportsales.com.au, Midas, Warwick Douglas Constructions, and Grimo's Garage. So thank you to those sponsors who really help IP be all it can be in New South Wales and in Queensland. So thank you. Uh, before we um, uh, have a chat to Zach, uh, let's have a quick dive into some news. There isn't really much since our last episode. Any Zach, I'm interested to ask you, as an entrant to the Nationals, have you seen an updated entry list for the Nationals at all? Oh, Can I we just say that. first that how awesome it is that you've entered, Zach? Well done. So a lot of fast people probably aren't making the, the trip all the way down the Tassie, and you're one of the furthest away, and that's fantastic, mate. Well done. Congratulations, and we're all excited to see you go down there. Yeah, thank you. It's a, uh, As we weren't originally planning on coming, as it's a, our maiden year, my rookie year in, um, in pre-production, um, we raced in Darwin earlier in the year, um, and my father made a bet with me, surprisingly, and uh, he said, if you get in the podium at Darwin, um, I'll take you to the Nationals in Tasmania. <laughs> and fort- fortunately enough, we're, uh, we put our entry in, and we're going to the Nationals in Tasmania at Baskerville. Good for you, mate. That's a great bet to win, and, and I'm really glad that you made it happen. Um, but again, uh, just wondering if, as an entrant, you've seen an entry list for the for the Nationals yet? Yes. Uh, I've recently, I'm in Tasmania at the moment, um, but um, I saw an entry list today, uh, and I wanted to see Ray on the entry list. I've, uh, I've seen him up at Darwin. He's the, I should say, the king of improved production, I would nearly call him. 
Um, uh, no one's going to argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. he, he's, um, I'll look up, I've, I'm not going to lie, I do look up to him. He's got the far, what I believe is an absolute weapon of a car, but I'd like to see a little Mazda knock him off. Mate, I think you've, uh, you've echoed the sentiments of a lot of our listeners. Uh, I mean, look, we all love Ray and he is the class of the category. But what we want to see is competition and we want to see close hard racing, and I think um, you've definitely got the opportunity, at least on form, to, to to give him a shake. Last year we saw competition. Ray had to work for his nationals at the bend. He, didn't just, you know, he had two very fast Monaros to deal with, but I think that what's exciting at Baskerville is it doesn't look like it's going to be such a late model V8 bias track like we all thought the bend was going to be. So mm. anyone else with a smaller, faster, or sorry, more agile car, is what we're looking for that can actually take it to Ray as well. As you said earlier, it's not going to be that um, late model V8. Um, well, they're still going to be fast. Come on. That, that's like, right. We know, that's we, right. We know they're going to be fast, but it's not going to be all them, you know? That's right. Uh, you haven't got that long the long straight where the smaller cars hurt a little bit. It's a lot. It can... It, I see is basketball, um, it tightens up the pack, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think towards the end of the race, you'll see, you know, tyre deg and a lot of that sort of stuff come into come into play. And, and that's where I, I'm, I'm expecting the, the smaller cars like yours to, to start to come into their own. So good luck, mate. And um, we might talk a little bit more about the Nationals uh, in a moment when we when we come to our interview. Um, the only other piece of news uh, I wanted to, 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 to note was that I noticed on Jordan Cox's Facebook page that his little over two litre Swift uh, looks like uh, it will be entered for the final round of the New South Wales Championship in October. And Geordie, uh, as I understand, is hoping to give it a uh, a track day sometime this week, actually, to, to give it a test and make sure it's ready to go. So good luck, Geordie. I hope the car holds together and, and shows uh, the pace that we expect. And, um, yeah, really excited to see it on track in October. If uh, if you can serve it up to, to, to Kingy and, and Trev and, and uh, show them some uh, show them a, a good race, I think that would be great for everybody to see. That's a big expectation to be that fast already. Even for, well, I know, like, a lot of people have got, a halo above Geordie's head in IP, but anyone building a new car that's different. If he was building something that was like another Evo that's already got a formula or an RX-7 or a late model V8, but he's doing something different. So to have something different as fast as those Evos straight away is a pretty big ask. Mm, yeah, it's probably that's probably a fair call. I, I, I guess my um, expectations are... Um, Tempered by uh, knowing excitement. how fast, well, and, and tempting <laughs> how excitement. fast punted, punted my old Datsun twelve hundred, Brian Newell's old Datsun twelve hundred around Bathurst, and that that car had no business doing a two twenty five around Bathurst. So if he can drive that um, car, I'll call, I'll be kind to it around Bathurst that quickly. Um, I, I'm still expecting him to be, you know, if the car performs, I think he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll certainly do well. And I'd anyway, we'll. It'll, It'll, It'll be, be interesting to see. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. We'll see how it goes. And that's, um, yeah, so uh, another reason for uh, punters to get out to City Motorsport Park at the end of October to see the last round, even though championships decided. Geordie uh, will be out there, and, and that'll be great to see. Um, any other news, Mick, that you want to talk about? Or And I'm kind of waiting for the last round, hoping to get up, have a look. And Stuff. Also hearing Nationals entries list and Nationals news. Can't wait to start talking about some hype and gossip and some fantasy theories on who's going to be fast in what what vehicle. That'll be good to talk about in upcoming episodes. Very good. 
All right. So moving on, uh, time to interview Zach Hudson. So Zach, uh, welcome and again, and thank you for joining us. Um, and our first question for all our guests, Zach, uh, and probably a, a, a difficult one for you to to answer in some ways, given the fact you've only been in IP a fairly short time. But uh, the first thing we ask all our guests is a fantasy IP car. Now, for you, this might be a car that maybe already exists on the grid, or or something that you'd like to see in an IP. If it wasn't your RX7 that you were racing, mate, what would you like to uh, what would you like to be driving in IP? Uh, I've I've always seen the Commodores all the way around. Um, personally, I'm a Ford person, um, and I like the old school, like not super old school Fords, but um, that ELVS, like the Holden Ford era. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see an EL Falcon uh, on the grid. One of Ray's first cars was an EL, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, they, they still make a very good car. I think this, that the AU's got such a better front-end geometry in it that that's why you don't see many ELs, but it's possible. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Definitely that's possible. Right. Yeah, and it's um be a cool thing to have on the grid again because we're missing that sort of late 90s, early 2000s era car in the Commodores and the Falcons. Interesting, though. I think there's a couple down in Victoria being punted around with barras in them. Um, uh, they, the EAs and EBs, yeah. Yeah, a little earlier, I guess. Yeah. They're ex-saloon cars, I'm pretty sure. What are they called? Super 6s now or whatever. Yeah. I, I think you could definitely get an EL to hook up and, and, and be a pretty quick IP car. It'd probably have a slight weight advantage over an AU, but I think you're right, Mick. It, it, it's um, IP tends to favour the car that, that, that you know fits the formula, doesn't it? And it's, yeah, because we've got and, such restrictions around geometry. Well, not such restrictions. We've got a lot of freedoms compared to production cars, but if, if it, the production car geometry is not what you want to put in the chassis, then... You're stuck with it pretty much in IP. That's why selecting certain type of cars that may or may not have a similar engine power, in that you'd still pick the one with the better chassis for our class mm. if you had a mm. choice. Mm. So, Zach, uh, our last guest was Ashley Barnett from West Australia, and Ashley's building a Fox body Mustang. So, the, the, the approach he's taking is lowest weight that you can still jam, you know, big strong powerful forward engine into whereas if you look at uh the approach that ray hislop's taken he's chosen the best possible chassis which probably is a lot heavier obviously in the mustang completely opposite end of the spectrum but again the, the most powerful engine he can he can run and it's just different ways of approaching the same problem and i think um you know the the the, the el type uh chassis is is kind of a buck each way uh, you're not really going to get the quality geometry that, that Ray's car's got, but you're also not going to get the low weight of the Fox body. And I think that's why you don't see many of them on track, which is a shame. Okay, yeah, you, yeah should that... be able to, you should be able to get them as fast as a VN, though. VNVP. Mm-hmm. That's true. Anyway, that's yeah. thanks, Zach, for that. Uh, any other oh, cars, maybe uh, other cars that um, other drivers that you've, you know, that you've punted around behind or in front of that you thought might be interesting to have a crack in? Uh my next one would have to be um, an RX3, just because of that shorter that shorter wheelbase. That they look so much more twitchier to me. They look like a bit more of a handful on the track. So you want to I drive reckon. something that's more fun, but not as fast. Yeah, pretty well. <laughs> well, you... well I, yeah. would, I would actually no, I wouldn't say that. Um, I reckon 
Yeah, I reckon that RX3 could still be fast and run up the pointy end. Dave Walden's but, proved it, mate. And um, so, Dave, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, uh, give uh, throw Zach the keys to your car at some point, and um, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, actually, maybe you don't want to. He might be quicker than you. Uh, I didn't of course, of course, he will. He's young. <laughs> <laughs> Young oh, and fast I'll, still. Yeah. I wouldn't knock Dave. I've seen I've seen him on the track. He does he does steer around. I have give, I will give him credit. He um he is a very good steer around Morgan Park. I did watch him uh over a couple of years at Morgan Park and just watching him go around was it was probably one of my highlights. Um it's, it's in the car too, isn't it, Zach? Yeah. It's absolutely stunning. Like everything's yeah, just everything's straight. And well look after and just presented so well. Yeah, I've had some good battles with Dave, some fun races at Wakefield when he comes down to play. Great guy. Always yep. wants to help you out and just wants a good race with you. And he's hard to race too. He, he doesn't give you, like, he, he gives you room, but he doesn't give you any holes unnecessarily. You know, like, if you got to earn your way <laughs> around him and through him, and yeah, it's great fun. And yep. it's a bit of a jet as well, like yours. It's a very good car. Yep. And a couple of national championships to prove that he's got the pace, uh, um, and uh, and obviously knows how to steer. So it's not just uh, it's not just car craft or, or a quick car. He's he, he can he can steer as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, seeing um, Dave and um, Jason Clements go around Morgan Park that was um, a couple of years back, and uh, that was definitely one of my highlights of. Morgan Park and watching improve production, for sure. Seeing them two battle it out, meeting, meeting in and meeting out. That's great to hear, Zach. That's how, that's why I like IP. I remember it from Formula Ford, and I was just glued to the fence watching it. The different battles through the pack, the different cars, and no other class, I think, stimulates the little kid in you like IP does because they they seem achievable. It's not like sports sedans where it's like, oh, that's that's a lot of money and effort and tire and that they're a lot different to a road car, but IP's just different enough to get you thinking that, yeah, I could play in that and I could do some mods and yeah, that's, that's a fun category. And there's tons of different cars that with the right budget, the right build and the right driver are going fast. So you can, mm. you could pretty much pick majority of the cars out there and have a very good car for IP to have fun in, in the mid pack and maybe even further up if you've done a good job. Yeah. Cool. Um, so Zach, moving on from that, uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about um, yourself, who you are and obviously where you're from and what you do outside of racing. Well, I am from Pittsworth, Queensland. Uh, it was about 20 minutes West of Toowoomba. I've lived there my whole life. I'm only 18. So <laughs> I haven't moved out of home yet. <laughs> Still living with mum and dad. Um, I work at a work at my parents' panel beating and spray painting business. I am um, a second year apprentice there, um, and that's and I'm loving that. It's um, very good hands-on skills with the cars, and um, just keeps me up to date and all the stuff with all the new cars that are out. And it just feeds my passion for cars, really. And uh, also gives you an opportunity to correct the uh, mistakes that result in panel damage. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, it's come in handy a, a couple of times, I'd like to say. 
So um, did you did you make your car as pretty as it is? Uh, is it... Yes, I, I did most of the panel dam um not the panel damage I should say uh, the all the panel work as we got it as a shell. I'm sure, you've done the panel damage as well, mate. Yeah, <laughs> You're the driver. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, there's a few little rub marks here and there which I don't really like, which uh, we haven't had time to repair yet, but it, it's going to be fine. Um, but yeah, it does. Well, I've prepared all the car when we were um starting to build it more well, i should say my father and i prepared the car he's a panel beater spray painter by trade um and we got all the car chose chose all the color schemes and all the stuff and and painted it ourselves and it looks great too it's fantastic oh, it really it really pops on track yeah. i'd like to i can't wait to see it with my own eyes up close in real life one day because yeah obviously because it's a lead card i want to stick around and have a look at have a sticky beak at it as well but before we get into too much about your car because i'm going to go on forever about it because i've got an rx7 as well can you tell us about your history in other categories and carts um so i started go-karts when i was about nine years old race so forever ago right yeah so i did i raced go-karts i um I raced oh, throughout the state state level, club level, national level. I did all the stuff in go-karts and followed the Rotax Pro Tours and the national events around and um, raced in many different go-karts over the years from Tony Karts to CRGs to Intrepids in the early days and uh, raced uh, different sorts of um, engines throughout. Classes, I went motors, from all yeah. the all the old school motors from your Comas and J motors to the newer style Vortex motors. Um, and yeah. And then old school. I love that. I started when Victors were around. <laughs> <laughs> old school Comas. They're like a new era for me, man. <laughs> um, then when I was 15, I um, eventually I got out of a go-kart and I decided to go to a Hyundai Excel racing. So, Zach, before you get on to tin tops, mate, I'm, I'm interested to explore a little more about carts because uh, before we started the show, you were telling us about um, some of the people you raced against in carts and some of the battles you had with them. Uh, can you maybe walk us through some of the um, more interesting and, and maybe well-known characters that you raced when you were in carts and uh, and how you how you did against them? This is Toowoomba, Toowoomba Car Club. It's about a 45-minute drive from uh, my home. Um, our local, our local um, talent, I should say, that we had there in my class and my age was Will Brown. Um, as you may know, he's in a Super 2 car and driving in the May game with uh, Anton Di Pasquale. I was very, very fortunate enough to race against him and Cameron Shields throughout. Um, that's our club level racing in go-karts and they are uh, Australia-renowned. Now, they're um, some of the pinnacle of drivers that um, are around these days. Our national titles in New Newcastle, yeah, back a couple of years ago, I don't know exactly when, um, there were some names there that are in a lot of different categories, high-up categories now, which is... Um, it's a bl bloody good experience, and you're really lucky to grow up in a good field like that. I was lucky to to cart through what well, I would say the golden era in New South Wales and they produced a lot of very, very talented drivers somewhere overseas racing 
in America and in Europe, and a lot of them are in V8 supercars now. So I get it's it's pretty privileged in that to be able to grow up just driving around your local track and having success and some good battles and losses against these guys, isn't it, Zach? That's right. You you always learn uh, when you were the the best in Australia at that point. Like everyone around Australia would go to the track, and the boys that were at my home track were always at the front, and that was always a good learning experience even at our home tracks and then you can actually learn from them and see what they do and where and how that makes them faster in the long run for sure it's great yardstick to have that sort of pace on tap at your local track to be able to give yourself a yardstick to measure yourself against he doesn't know what a yardstick is come on (laughs) (laughs) i don't know he's becoming one himself mick so uh well yeah we're going to talk about that soon yeah (laughs) yeah so so um zach then obviously you you're mentioning about age 15 you jumped out of carts into what honda excels you mentioned yeah honda excels First time in a car was around Morgan Park, and <laughs> that was the first time I drove a manual car. Was when I was fit. Well, I shouldn't say first time I drove a manual car. Or drive a, Let's say a drove a manual car time. at pace. We don't want to get anyone in at, trouble. At pace. Pace. <laughs> 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 I did do a little bit of driving back at the farm that my grandparents had, um, but that was only very minor. But um, first time dr- properly driving a car around a track consistently was that time, and. It was definitely a learning curve, not being able to see your feet and having to change gears and use a clutch. And yeah, it was it was definitely an experience at that point. But um, since then, we've I've learnt a lot, and people around me have taught me how to get through those and be more consistent and a lot more fluent on the car. Tell us a little bit about that time in Excel. So um, obviously. Did you buy your a car or did you build one? And, and then how did you perform, I guess, uh, racing XLs uh, at that time? Um, we actually, we bought our car from people, um, a guy in um, Brisbane. Uh, we bought the car there. Then we come home and as we normally do as panel beaters and spray painters, we paint it in our own colours and put our own stickers all over it um, with all of our sponsors. And um, then... Going to the track and eventually racing all the guys, we were um, a bit slow, or I shouldn't say slow, we were steady at the start I was, I was, as I was only in um, the category, only new to the category. It was a bit of a learning curve, trying to get up the speed and what learning off other drivers. But after the first couple of races and by the end of the first year, I was starting to get more towards the top 10, which we were absolutely pleased about. And... Uh, I raced the Hyundai's for about two years and were eventually in the top five, six, very comfortably. And the fields up there are very big, aren't they, Zach, for the XLs? Yeah, that's right. It's a um, Back then, it was, it was a big class, but now it's absolutely exploded with the amount of cars. They, they consistently get 25, 26, 27 plus at every event that they go to. Um, it's an absolutely big field all the time, and you, and you've got exceptional drivers in that class every race. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like a good breeding ground. That's for sure. From good step up from karting. Yeah. Yeah, it's one. I reckon for any go kart driver that wants to get uh, into a into a tin top car, Hyundai Excels is the way to go. All I believe. 
in your area. So you wouldn't do that in every area because there's different classes. That's, but in Queensland, right. southeast Queensland, it's it's booming. Yeah. Or far it's, north New South Wales. Yeah, you'd be, be crazy not to try and jump into it. That's right. I have to say, if you'd said eight or nine years ago, and I'd heard the sentence you just said, Zach, I probably would have laughed you out of the... Same. <laughs> Same. If you'd said the, a good tin top category for a cart racer to migrate to was Hyundai Excels. I mean, that's it, it seems ludicrous, isn't it? But I guess... So that's where the me, drivers are, Chris. That's yeah. Where the, that's where the drivers are, though. And, and most of those Excels are like a full rotisserie built chassis. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're properly built. They're, they're, they're very elitist for what they are. Obviously, they're bound by the rules, that, so they're never going to be fast lap times compared to even a Pulsar series car, never alone an improved production car. But for the level at the top end, not just the drivers, but the level of the car prep and the amount of professionalism around everyone in that top 10 up in mm. southeast Queensland, is that's what makes the series attractive. Yeah. The more time and money and... and and concentration you do to being at the front of the grid, it actually pays off in Excels and it yeah. looks achievable and it feels achievable on budget. And I've got to say, I've seen them race and I never thought that I would think that I would want to be in that field, but it looks fun. It looks like they're driving hard, the cars are well prepared. And, you know, all it takes is the first DNF in my RX-7 and I look at the XLs. Oh, they're still going around. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, so Zach, um, I guess the next question I had for you, you talked about your time in karting. How do you think it prepared you for tin top racing? What what have you taken away from your time in karting that, that prepared you and helped you jump in an XL and after a fairly short period of time be towards the pointy end? First of all... Uh, I learnt most of my race craft and how to drive a go-kart through Tyler Greenbury. Um, I have to give all my credit to him. He's um, He spent a half with me just prepping me and driver training. Um, but taking away from that, it's just the way you flow a go-kart, you can, sort, you can somehow relate that to a car in some ways, like keeping your corner speed up and keeping the flow of the car without getting too untidy all the time. That's what I feel that is the most um, comparable between the two. Do you think that's because in karting, when you do get messy, it's easily seen, your gap, because you're racing so close, you'll lose that half a cart length to a cart length with a mistake, whereas in race cars, because you're, you're naturally, everything's bigger and further away, it's harder to measure every mistake and there's also the excuse of i don't have as good a stuff as them in race cars but in karting it's all the same like it's mainly let's get get rid of the old yamaha days where it wasn't the same but and sometimes rotax has some parity issues through the years but generally nowadays most of the carts are as good as each other they have been for the last 10 years and the engines are all making around the same power. So drivers make such a big difference, and you can see it. That's right, yeah. All the drivers are so good, and the engines and the go-karts are so the same. You can see the level of driver and the racecraft on which on way they make decisions and how they're going to 
execute what they're going to do and how they make their time in different places through this and that. So interesting, Zach. Then I guess moving on to Excel's, um, what did karting not prepare you for? Like when you jumped into an Excel, you've talked about the sort of things you know, maintaining. Um, uh, momentum and that sort of stuff, which is absolutely right. But what was what what were you not ready for when you jumped in an Excel? Um, the thing I was not ready for compared to a go kart was you can't you can't move around. You can't <laughs> see as you can't see as much as you can in a go kart. Um, you got to use your mirrors. That's one of the big things of keeping an eye on your mirrors um, and on judging where cars are around you off the mirrors and that that was the biggest and hardest learning curve for me i believe of judging where cars are which i'm still i'm still learning of where my limits are and all the stuff um and one of the most odd things i had to say between the go-karts and the cars was not being able to see your feet and mm-hmm. having a and having a third pedal, that that was the biggest <laughs> and the weirdest thing for me as I was only fifteen and all the stuff. But yeah, they were, they were the yeah the no having to use mirrors and not being able to see my feet was the biggest. Well, you could see your feet, but you wouldn't be able to see anything else. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> you can put your head down there if you want. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's funny. Well, I had a similar experience, Zach. So I came out of karting into Formula Ford, and I hadn't even got my L's yet. So I had to learn a four-speed H-pattern dog box in a Formula Ford as my first gearbox. And not only that, the inertia of the car. So go-karts, when you have a lose, you, you feel that you can weight your body a bit or do some corrections and a bit of throttle and brake magicianry, and then you can pull it back. But I found in the car when it starts to go it's gone like you have to give up early and realize nah this isn't this isn't a catch there's no save here just loop it around did you find that with the xl at all like once the inertia that was really hard to get used to that's right once once you feel the car is uh going it's you sort i don't know why but i still got that mental state of oh oh no this is so much different compared to what i'm used to (laughs) Like you can do, as you said, you can do some short, some sort of magicianry and pull it back. But once it's in a car and once it's a little bit too far gone, you sort of have to, that's it. You sort of have to, you're along for the ride by then. You cut your losses. That's right. <laughs> you cut yeah. your losses, you mash the middle pedal and you make sure you don't hit anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. And how'd you find front wheel drive, Zach? Was that, was that also an adjustment in the, in the XL? Um, I, I actually didn't drive any other rear wheel drive cars prior to that. So I actually learnt in a front wheel drive car, but you I learn... think that's the best way as well, because front wheel drives are actually loose in the rear. Whereas a lot of people think that it's understeer because they just think about getting on the throttle and the wheel spin. But as a race car driver, you're pushing hard into turns and through turns and they're quite quite loose in the rear end aren't they yeah that's yeah they're very at morgan park we have uh what i call the kink the back straight and um it does get very loose through there two corners after siberia or whatever they want to whatever that people call it but um it's one of the faster parts of the or the second fastest part of the track 
Yeah, um, I think me. I know where you're talking about from inside videos watching people. Yeah, mm, it's, I think um, I do too. It's the Hyundai's do get quite loose through there if the car's not quite set up right. Um, and similarly to a go kart, throttle helps save you. That's, and that's right. What, yeah, and that's what I think would be more similar for a, a kart driver coming into front wheel drives. And I think that's why they pick up the Pulsar and the XLs so well. Whereas a rear wheel drive, as you'd know now with the Mazda, the throttle does not save you. <laughs> no, no, it does not. I know that very the quick way. Uh, uh, but yeah, as in the Highland Eyes, um, Dad, Dad told me one day, when in doubt, power out. And yep. that has come in handy a couple of times, especially yep. in the wet. Uh, that, mm. that was probably one of my savers a couple of times. So, look, Zach. Mick and I and a lot of our listeners, we love improved production, but I guess one of the questions we had for you, you've obviously got a lot of pace and showed a lot of pace in carts and you spoke, you know, there's, I'm sure there's some people you were racing with a couple of years ago who are now in categories like Formula Ford or some other open wheel category. Why did you choose IP after Excels and not go to something like Formula Ford? Um, for us, I personally, I am not a fan of the open wheelers. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Don't want to offend anyone. I find Tim Tops more appealing for me. Um, and the reason I got into improved production, our, our close friend, Adam Ubergang. Oh, um, right. Yep. Very, the very good RX3. friend. The yep. yep, with the black RX3. Um, he, we were looking into another class and we weren't quite sure of what we are going to do. Um, we were humming and hawing and Aussie cars or other categories in and around and he said um why don't you go improve production racing and and here we are today and he ended Stuff. up he, he knew where a cut where our rx7 was um fortunately through phil and this is where we are today Awesome, which is a perfect segue into <laughs> our um, the real pointy end of our discussion, which is about your car. Um, tell us about it, mate, um, the history of it, how you came to own it, what you've done to it, and how you built it up to be what it is, because it's obviously really, really quick. It's something really special. I have to give my credit for the, the car itself, as everyone would, uh, would know him. I would, I would hope so. As Phil Laird, he obviously built the car. As a, it's on people's lips at the moment. He had the he had the car in a in a shed. Peter Johnston originally raced it back in the late nineties, early two thousands, I believe. We have some photo, old photos of it um, that were given to us by Phil. Um, it was originally yellow and red, I believe. So um, it was one of the the Wayne Wakefield team cars up there, the yeah, yellow and red. Yeah, because Phil did his car as well. Yeah. Yep, that's right. The 808 yeah. wagon. Yep, one of my faves. The 808 wagon. Um, this car, um, or my car, Peter Johnston originally owned it. Um, then Phil got a hold of it, and there was another two, one or two cars that Phil built. So it was the RX3 wagon, uh, my RX7, and another RX7, I believe. Things built. Uh, Many cars, but they were the and, ones would have been yeah, the, the red and yellow ones from that era that were yeah, in his team. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, part of the uh, graphic skills racing. I think they called themselves back then. 
remember the scheme, but I don't remember many of the stickers on the side. Mm-hmm. I remember lots of engines going in and out of Wakefield's 808, that's for sure, down in Oran Park. <laughs> well, that's the price of pace, unfortunately. So you got this car from Phil. Is that how it happened? And then you rebuilt it? Or I mean, what, what have you done to it? Um, we ended up buying it off of Phil as a complete race car. But he would come along and he would build it. And there were other upgrades that we could do to the car. For example, we have a, we upgraded to a cambered rear end, um, a Hollinger gearbox, um, and different electronics here and there throughout the car. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, it's pretty well what it was back in the early 2000s. The RX-7 platform's been good for so long. You would have changed some setup to suit the AO50 compared to the old tyres. But what, what Hollinger did you put in? Five-speed, six-speed? Do you know what model it is? I believe it's the new, it's a, the brand-new version of the Hollinger RD6. So it's six-speed. You are running the six-speed. Yes, six-speed. Yep, six years. Right. Oh, that sucks because I just, I just, last episode, I told everyone you don't need a six-speed in RX-7. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the fastest up, one in the country has got a six-speed in it. Great. <laughs> yeah, so Mick now needs to start saving up. Uh, so do you, uh, uh, Pete Ingram. So do you. There's <laughs> a few others out there. It's not the Very six good. speed. It's not just the gearbox. There's so many things making. Oh it yeah. Fast. So you you bought this car, Zach. When did you get it on track, and how did you find driving it and getting up to up to speed with it? How how did that go? So we we built the car in March. We started. We have photos of it on the 14th of March. We I believe we started building it. Um, it was a bare shell with absolutely nothing in it. Um, within three weeks, I believe, we had it on the racetrack at Morgan Park ready for the first round in, for improved production in Queensland, which was a very big effort. That probably doesn't um, hurt Chris much at all hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but first time in the car, dog box. I'm still learning the gearbox. I'm getting better at it. We originally had a, a clutch issue. I wasn't quite used to um, such a hard and bite how the clutch bites. So we've had to yeah. change the clutch since then. We were, um, we're stalling off the starts uh, most races, most races which you don't want at all. So we eliminated that, um, that uh, possibility by changing. Um, I, had that, so I, had... I had that issue with my car. and it was, I, I, didn't, I actually went and did a hill climb meeting because you got five starts in one day, which so then I, because they rotate you around. So then I just just determined to work out what I had to do with the clutch and the throttle and everything to get off the line. And I went from nearly stalling or blowing the tyres apart and having terrible starts to now I get really, really good starts. And it's really the, only the Evos that tend to, you know, the four-wheel drive turbo cars that get better starts than me. And all that was just just learn what the car wanted the rx7 can get out of the hole very well if you learn what it needs yeah that's right i'm still um i'm not the best off start still i'm still learning uh the where i where i need to be off the start and the clutch bite and how much throttle and where but anyway um my, my definitely my mission by the start of next year is to have that other clutch in as it's lighter and um doesn't take as much horsepower out of the motor as a lot of people would know um, so there's that smaller clutch. Well, that's let's use that next year. That's my goal, and to keep using that as it's a slight performance gain. 
So where so, are you going to a five inch or a three and a half or something? Uh, I, I believe it's a five inch. Yeah. Five and a half, triple. Something plate. like that. Yeah. Triple as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like the old IndyCar style. Yep. Yeah. So Zach, that meeting, did you say in March at Morgan Park? Was that the first time you drove the car? That was the first time I drove the car on the Friday morning. We wheeled it out and that was the first time in the car. Um, it was definitely an eye-opener for the whole thing. Um, it was an eye-opener for everyone else watching how fast you were as well. <laughs> oh, well, I wouldn't say that too early just then. <laughs> um, it was just a... Yeah, it was. It just opened my eyes to the whole speed comparison of jumping out of a Hyundai. There is, I'm gonna have to say, there's no real comparison. It absolutely <laughs> blew my eyelids back, and I just, I could not believe. I was actually, I'm gonna say, I was nervous for the first meeting. I should say to get in the car. It was. Um, they're pretty it intimidating, was, aren't they? Like they, even though they're a, little, a light car and they've only got three hundred odd horsepower, a lot of people say, "Oh, those numbers aren't good." But like, you get you get the freak behind one. They they get up and go, and they keep pulling. And because they're the platform of the RX Seven, so well sorted over the last twenty years of improved production racing, and you've got one of the best ones. They just keep pulling all the way down the straight. They they can light up the tires whenever you, whenever you get on the throttle in the wrong spot. They're, they bite back, and they're a lot of fun, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. The, it's all, now I'm absolutely having a, like a ball driving it. I I just can't wait to get in it every time I drive it. But then I back to that feeling, <laughs> I just oh, I just can't get out. I just, every time we're coming up to a race me, I just can't wait. I just want to get in and drive it, and just just go out and do lap after lap after lap. But um, back to what we were discussing earlier with first getting into the car. Just the whole um, atmosphere of being in the car is so much different. Um, like you have different noises and different, just the different noises and the feel of the car, the little vibrations here and there and the weight of the brake pedal as we had no brake booster or it's a more force stop the car. Like the yep. whole lot. The whole atmosphere of the car was just such an it's a real eye. race car. That's right. It's a real <laughs> race car. And it's still to this day, it, it still amazes me every time I look at it. Yeah. Pot loads more grip. Uh, the corners are coming a lot quicker. And, um, yeah, finding those braking markers and uh, and learning just how much speed you can carry through the corner. You seem to have picked it up, though, so quickly. Really impressive. I guess the, the next question I had for you was around development. You've obviously jumped in it and... You might not have felt all that comfortable straight away, but you clearly had some pace. What development and, and, and what setup things have you been playing with to, to get the car to hook up so well? So with our setup, we surprisingly, it's actually more myself getting more comfortable with the car throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've ad- adjusted um, mainly our rear roll centre. We have a Watts Link rear end in our, in our vehicle. Um, and we've just been adjusting that up and down and playing around with wheel spaces and whatnot and just little bits and pieces, but we're still within that same window of where we started, within a couple of mil. And uh, the big one for me is the brake bias. It's uh, I'm still trying to get my head around it, but um, I am getting better at it and fiddling with it of where I think we should be and if that makes a performance or gain or and i'm i'm starting to learn what does what and 
which way I should go and why. Mm-hmm. So that leads me into what diff you run in. You run an LSD or lock? Uh, lock, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, being a go karter, you're going to be heaps more comfortable with a lock. I'm, I'm the same. I, I, I hate LSDs. I, I hate driving them. They might be good with a really expensive one set up really well, but I just don't have time for them. So with a lock diff, are you finding really hard to resist pounding the the bias towards the rear to get it to tip in for you and feel like a go kart coming into the corners? Um, it's. I'm more having trouble with um, front brake lockups at the at the moment, as uh, Darwin would have shown in a couple of our yep. race meetings in and around. Um, I am getting my brake bias settings a lot better. To Is that I... also you? Do you think from not not in the XL, but as a carter, when you're really pushing, you can steer on the brake pedal a little bit into corners, but with front wheel brakes and weight transfer of of a touring car, that just doesn't work. It just you have to pound heaps and heaps of rear brake, and then the RX-7 will chatter its head off into the braking zones. So is do you think it's you as well trying to push harder and brake deeper and have why the wheel's still turned, and that's what's causing the lockups? Yeah, I believe on it's the I believe it's the brake modulation on my on on the brake pedal itself. Like so I'm you're not, not getting... getting off the pedal as it's unloading the inside tire. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's um. That's the part I'm struggling with at the moment. I'm still uh, in development with myself of what I can do and how I can pick that up. And it, maybe if I can change my brake bias to a certain, maybe to rear brakes or something like that, just different bits and pieces I can try and play with. Yeah, the RX-7 will chatter its head off though. The rear end, the, the live axle just jumps in the braking yep. zones. So. As an ex carter or still carting and, and RX-7 driver, I love heaps of rear braking. It feels great. But as soon as you brake dead straight and try to pull up as best as you can, the rear end just hops, just chatters all the way in the braking zone and it breaks axles. And apart from it's slow and it feels yucky, it does a lot of damage too. So I've actually found, like you're a faster driver than me at the moment, but what I do is you, you actually roll out of the, brake pedal and sort of front wheel load the car so you, you turn in a little bit earlier and let it understeer and then but you're actually off the brake pedal but that keeps pulling you up for that last bit of the rotation and especially with the lock diff that helps turn the rear as that weight transfers onto the front because you don't have your foot on the brake so that might be something that you might be able to try and if it works make sure you tell people who told you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll definitely be giving it a try for sure like, i'm taking anything on board at this point because it's not uh it's not ideal to have uh flat spots on tires here and there but i've been uh, oh, i can wreck your race that's yeah, right and, and that's you know right. and you know when you're trying to pull a move under ray down at baskerville that's when it's going to happen so you know yeah yep. when... i'm pretty sure it was when you were up under ray's bumper bar up at darwin wasn't it when you locked the left front really bad through the the s that was um, my fault and lack of experience at the track and um as ray's got a bigger car couldn't qu- actually quite see the corner coming that ahead of a... me and and that was my mistake. I, I sort of just tipped it in at the wrong turn too early, way too early than what I probably should have. And just then that's that's my own fault and a lack of experience at the track. So that was okay. one of the questions I had as well that, that with XLs and more so IP because the cars are bigger, is you can't see through the car like you can a go kart, right? So you have to know where you are 
when you're out of position and when how far out of position you are. That's right. Yeah, that's that was my problem in Darwin. I couldn't I couldn't quite see ahead of me in that, and it was only my second race in the car in Darwin, and I couldn't actually see physically in front of me, so I couldn't quite see the apex of the corner where I needed to be. So I was up behind Ray, trying to get trying not to lose as much pace before the straight. And therefore, I just turned it in too early and hopped the curb and on the brakes and locked her up. And yeah, and the all rest we saw hill. on television. <laughs> yeah, Zach, that's and, right. And Zach, your second race meeting, mate. Can I tell you, there's a lot of us, a lot of people will be listening here, and and you know who have had that experience. In disbelief, in disbelief, well, that you know, was your second meeting. Second meeting, and you and you know you get. I guess you're you're making couple of little mistakes sure but you're right up the front and you're battling with an ip legend like ray hislop the most of us are making those mistakes you know half a lap behind the field <laughs> yeah and a bunch of other people that are half a lap behind the field <laughs> you know so so mate, you know it's it, can i tell you it's a credit to you that um you know, you're showing the pace you are and uh and the car's quick and, and mate these things are going to happen and, and you're obviously you're working on it one of the things yeah, it's that great to be humble about it that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And one of the things commentators were noting at North, Northern Territory, and one of the things I've noticed too, is how much front-end neg the car seems to be running. Do you have any idea how much it's running? Can you um, – is it a lot? It, it's a lot, uh, yeah. You don't, you don't have to say if, if it's a trade um, secret. No, but... it's, not, it's not a trade secret. So you, you can come up and look at it and you go, well, that's, that's a bit ridiculous. Like you look at it and it, sit, it squats so much at the front. We put it on the wheel on machine last week, last Tuesday, and um, it was running about eight and a half. Eight and a half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's have a lot you, of nicks. Have you tried it? Stand them up a bit? Have you tried uh, it at all? No, you haven't. Yeah, right. We, so we listen, when you said, go heaps faster from standing your wheels back up a bit and you stop locking front brakes because of that and the AO50 doesn't need to tuck as hard as the older tyre does. Just remember who told you to stand the tyres up. You've got to try it. Go talk to Phil and I can tell you now mine, not in the rear so much, the rear still needs the nag in it, but the front tyre really likes to be stood up a little bit more on the AO50 just with the stiffer whole roll stiffness through the whole car and the, the dampening and spring differences from the older tyre. And... If you haven't tried that yet and you're going as fast as you can, wow. Like that's – there's only more speed to come from you. That's that's pretty exciting. Well, I'll say this. I'm, I'm not going to make any comment because I'm a lot slower than Zach. And I don't know. I might go out and try and dial in eight, eight and a half degrees into the 323 three and see how it goes. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Zach, good on you, mate. It's, it's The car's really quick. Oh, I love it. It's just fantastic and um, really excited to see – how you continue to develop the car and how after really what is, you know, really what half, two thirds of a season of racing, or maybe let's call it a full season, but the speed you're showing is just phenomenal. So it's, it's a credit to you. It's credit to your dad and it's a credit to Phil and everyone who's put work into that car. It's great to see mate and just keep trucking. It's fantastic. Fantastic to watch. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. Well, you should be super proud of yourself, mate. You've done an excellent job. Oh, I can't. I literally can't thank everyone enough for like all like all of you guys um, hearing this sort of stuff, like giving me like I'll take it on board, and it just makes me feel so much more motivated and excited 
to get out there and, and go racing and put in my 110% at every race meeting and then coming back and working on the car and doing it all over again. It's just, it's just the whole atmosphere of the class. It's just, it's unbelievable. And I absolutely love being here and involved with such a community that's so welcoming and supportive. Good stuff. Look, and the community. Yeah, we, we love you, haven't you, man? It's so yeah. good to have Fast Kid in the class. It's We don't see him very often. And when, when you, do, you guys do come along, it stands out. And it's great to see, and it's really good for the class. So thank mm. you. Absolutely. And, mate, working with Phil Laird, so you've told us a little bit about Phil. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people around the category who who know of Phil Laird. You know, like he's he's been around for years and years. You're talking about, you know, the Wayne Wakefield 808, and, and, you know, he's a legend of rotary tuning. So a lot of people know him. A lot of people, uh, and I might be one of them, have given Phil a call and and. and you know, asked or begged him to tune their car because, you know, he's got this reputation of being the guy who can find that last 10, 15, 20 horsepower. And, you know, you've you've got that opportunity, I guess, to 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 drive a car that has got some layered magic in it and you've had an opportunity to 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 spend a bit of time with him and work with him. And Phil, he's an absolute legend of the sport, as everyone knows. He's absolutely unbelievable to work with. He he knows what to do and where to do it on the car and why he's doing it and it, just his whole thinking process of the car and the data that we pull out, all, all the data that comes out, reads through it all and he talks to me and what I think the car's doing. It's just, and he whips it, he sits down for 15, 20 minutes and he figures it all out and he comes back and he knows what he wants to do with the car and it goes from there. Then we all hook in and um, put all the effort in on the car and um, take it to what he wants for the next race, and off we go. Outstanding. And I guess it's 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 great to see too because what you know the results of obviously the the combination of yourself and your driving and and that car and Phil's work on it and obviously you know your old man and the other people who've helped you get the car set up and ready to go. And you've got an RX-7 that's arguably the fastest in the country. After you know six or eight months, there's a lot of people who'd who'd killed it to to be showing the sort of lap speed your car's showing. So you know that that tells you something about the power of that of that um, of that team combination you've got working there. Yeah, that's right. Like if uh, um, we I have to give all my credit to Phil. He knows everything about a rotary and the ins and outs and what you can and can't do. So obviously he he sets up the car, um, and I just got to drive it to the best of my abilities and see what I like in the car and what I think uh, can be improved and whatnot, and just coming back from there and having having the quote unquote the fastest rotor and arguably the fastest rotor in Australia. Is, no one's uh, going to argue very with fortunate, Very fortunate enough that I'm behind the steering wheel of it. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, big part of that is your driving too. You know, like, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's great to see a really well-prepared car that's had a lot of thought and a lot of quality engineering go into it with someone behind the wheel who can extract all of that performance. And that's, that's, I guess that's what I'm saying, which is just great to see. So that's good. Thanks for, thanks for that insight. That's fantastic. Chris, I've just got a couple more questions about the Mazda before we moved on. Yeah, mate. 
Yep. So, Zach, in your talks with Phil, because I'm guessing you talk with Phil, do you talk about the engineering in the car, what you'd want more or less of or what you can and can't do when you're driving and would you, can you you'd like to pick up the throttle earlier here but you can't because the car is moving around or something like that is does phil engineer the car or do you guys just drive you just drive it because um, you can steer uh, i well phil engineers the car i i obviously go out in the session of either a race or a practice or a qualifying um we come back in we pull all the data out then we suss out of looking at data and what my thoughts on um, if I need, if I would like to get the power on earlier if the car's moving around. So you um, said earlier you're, tune, you're tuning with wheel spaces. I'm guessing that's in the rear, is it, with widths? Yeah. And then also uh, roll centres. So you're learning, are you picking up what the car needs? So you come in and then you say, I can't do this, I think we should go down in roll centre or something, or are you just still coming back with, you know, going over the data and what you can and can't do with the inputs on the car? Yeah, um, at this stage, I'm still um, giving just the, what I can and can't do um, yeah. with the car when I'm out in the track. Um, I am start. I am getting to that stage where I'm learning um, what we can do, um, whether we move the ride height, um, the rear roll centre up or down, or we change some ride heights or bits yep. and pieces or spaces. Um, I'm just starting to get into that stage now. Yeah. Yeah. Are you interested in it? That's my next thing. I'd absolutely love to be able to say what the car is doing and, and then go on to changing the car to actually make the whole car itself better and feel more comfortable to drive. That's that's good to hear. That's what that's what kept me in racing. So I, I I got a massive thirst for that, and it's good to hear that you are interested in that. And I'm sure that with the skills and the car that you've got under, that you're going to get get better and better and better. The more you learn about what the car needs for certain conditions and tracks, and other cars mating to other cars around you, and where they're fast and where you need to be faster, I think you really. I'm really excited to see how you pick that up and and how fast you just can go. Yeah, oh, that yeah. I, as I said, that that's my that's pretty well my dream to be up and to be able to tune my own car to to the way I like it and to make it faster in the long run. Um, that that's pretty well the pinnacle of what I'd like to do. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And one more, Chris. Sorry, mate. I got yep. one more. Because I've got direct tap into Phil Led almost here, so <laughs> I've got to ask: Have you and Phil spoken about going turbo? Is, it, is he even contemplating it in the Mazda? Is he even said, "Hey, we've got we've got some development we could go here," or he's just not nah, the Bridgeport's the only way the Mazda's going to put down this time every lap? Uh, I've I've just I query him here and there. I do ask him questions about all sorts of cars throughout improved production, and I've mentioned a turbo in one of these, and it's I I get this um this feeling <laughs> from him. I, I know the look already. I already know the look. <laughs> I, I, I get this feeling from him. He just sort of looked at me in this funny way and just sort of shook his head. <laughs> and he's, he's sort of like mm, no. Yeah, I, he. I reckon. I believe he's a. Uh, he's a strong, naturally, naturally aspirated uh, well, person for a rider. In... Well, he's developed a lot of the turbo technology for the restricted cars up there in the SR20s. So I do know some of the, 
the S, the Sylvias have been through Field Lads Technology Centre, let's just call it. So I know he understands and knows what to do. But yeah, as a all out, if you can afford to keep your engine buzzing and spinning high all the time and you've got the gearbox that you've got and you're putting down the lap times you, you can do, then there's no need to try and risk going turbo with all the complications and problems and also heat degradation. So the thing that people don't think about with turbo is your dyno numbers and your Saturday morning numbers aren't your Saturday lunchtime numbers by yep. the time that sun comes over. So it's um it's very hard to keep improved production cars cool as it is with not being out of vent and and do anything custom really around that apart from the front air dam so you know it's you need to have a lot more torque from your turbo car to find more lap time out of it i believe over a whole race meeting you might be able to pop a few laps here and there but it's hard to get them down all the time yeah that's right so turbo is attractive to some rx7 owners and i think once a few people go there is because you don't need the good gearbox. So there's, let's say, 20K straight away of investment you don't need. So if you wanted to, let's say your old Bridgeport was getting tired and you're only running a standard gearbox, I would strongly suggest someone go turbo in RX-7 to get the wider torque band and the more longevity out of their car. So there is advantages, and I think the, the midfield to back running RX-7s, the slower guys would get a big advantage going turbo once it's more developed and engineered, once a few other people doing it. But it's going to be hard to beat a well-built, high-spinning, good gearboxed Bridgeport RX-7, that's for sure. Seems to be what Phil thinks. And I think up in Queensland too, you've got the added problem. I mean, you talked about heat. Mick, up there, of course, yeah. you're going to have it even worse. So. Because there's no air restriction on a Bridgeport, it means that the massive throttle bodies that you can run, you're not really suffering in hot, thin air that much. Mm. You're not losing that much at all. Mm, sure. Zach, the next thing I wanted to ask you about was, I guess, IP racing in Queensland generally. Obviously, you've been in the IP Queensland field now since March. How are you finding it? How's it going? Uh, the quality of the cars, the drivers, the racing, the fields you're racing against and, and, and the tracks up in Queensland. How do you find racing IP up in Queensland? Everyone there is so welcoming. They've all, they always come up and talk to each other and they come up and talk to me and, they, and it, everyone's just so, it's so community-based. It's absolutely awesome. And the driver quality up there is fantastic. Um, we've got some of Australia's best, what I believe Australia's best up there, racing around, um, meeting in and meeting out, um, such as Troy Marinelli. I have to give props to him. He gave me a, definitely a run for my money at Queensland Raceway. Um, it was, I have to admit, that was one of my favourite meetings of, of the year under Darwin, for sure. He um he drove absolutely superbly all weekend and definitely I he made me run for my money for sure had to give it to him. Uh, fortunately, haven't raced all the boys in all the bigger boys all the bigger boys I should say in Queensland yet. Like Justin Keys, he's coming coming back next year. I um I'm looking forward to having a run up against him. Um, there's gonna I reckon there's gonna be a lot of fast um people within Queensland next year and run for that uh, Queensland Championship and having the Nationals there next year will be um, very, very challenging, I reckon. 
so so Zach, we're still waiting to know exactly like which track in Queensland it's going to be. Guessing you'll be sort of pulling for Morgan Park. Yeah, that's right. I I would absolutely love it to have it at Morgan Park. Queensland Raceway is just a little bit too far out of our reach for all the horsepower that we don't have um, compared to others. Um, but Morgan Park, I reckon, would be a good playing field for everyone. Everyone will have their strengths and everyone will have their weaknesses, I reckon, and I believe. Yep, I totally agree. Mick, uh, you'd probably prefer Morgan Park too, I'm guessing. Oh, uh, yeah. Look, I, Lakeside will be great spectacle but i just don't think they'll get they'll be able to run the numbers and get the event they want and the noise is just too much of an mm. issue there yep so morgan park's yeah. the pick definitely i think oh but oh, the track quality um at, at uh lakeside's gone down a mm-hmm. fair bit a lot of people have been complaining about uh the, the surface and, and the the runoff areas and like the edges on the track even um, yep. they're getting a bit but for the hand. spectacle, don't you agree? It would be pretty fantastic to have it at Lakeside yeah. if everything else was up to up to par. But it's not. That's right. That's that's right. If it was um, a a standard track like Morgan Park or Queensland Raceway, it would absolutely be the, uh, an event that you would have to go watch for sure. So here's a question: If it was Morgan Park, would you, I, I would like to see it on a format and a one of the tracks that isn't used much, rather than the normal track? Is there any track that you would like to see they run, or would you prefer the standard track that you've just been blowing everyone out of the water on? Um, honestly, I, I like all the tracks at Morgan Park. Uh, they're all they all have their own way of. Uh, um, their own characteristics. Characteristics, that's the word. They all have their own characteristics and um, the different ways you've got to take the track for the change the, for the circuit that we're racing on. It's, um, it, yeah, it's definitely different and would be good to use a different track. But honestly, for me, it wouldn't really matter which track we use. We'll just get on with it and uh, see how everyone goes and, yeah. So, Zach, um, you talked about, I guess, your future plans in terms of learning the car uh, and, I guess, growing in your confidence and setting it up. Can you talk us through, I guess, your future plans in racing generally? Are you going to stick with IP for now or have you got any thoughts of other categories or things you might like to try? For now, I'm, I'm absolutely stoked with improved production. It's a, they're all proper full-blind race cars, I believe. Um, like Every single one of them are presented very well throughout Australia. Yes, this <laughs> is Queensland he's talking about. Yeah, Queensland, Queensland. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, but um, for now, our our budget is comfortable in, in improved production, uh, and I'm happy to stay there if that's where it leads me. Um, but I, my my big aspirations and my dreams, um, I'd love to have a drive in a Porsche Cup car one day. That's my uh, that's my pinnacle of my motorsport. I believe if I can have a drive in one of those, I would be absolutely stoked. Awesome! That's I think very, uh, you turn- very refreshing to hear. Yeah, you're turning some heads, Zach, and I think there'll be someone out there, hopefully listening to this podcast, who might know someone who who might um, be willing to give you a run in their mm. car. And I think Zach, they could do a lot worse. You're showing pace and <laughs> showing the ability to adapt, especially coming from carts into XLs and then into IP, and within six months being uh, right at the front. That's um, that's impressive. So they could do Not a lot just worse, at the mate. Front. 
smashing lap records and driving away from the field. Come on, let's let's give him the, the proper credit, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely. The the last thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, was your nationals prep. So, um, mate, when we we're off air, you were talking about the fact that you're actually down in Tasmania right now. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, so me and my father, we are actually in Tasmania at the moment. We are fortunate enough to be testing a, uh, a car uh, at Baskerville Raceway uh, tomorrow, actually. Ayrton Richardson, he's a, uh, a local around here. We, are, we originally got on to Donald Potter to see if we can have a come down and maybe have a look at the track and hopefully hire a car for someone. Anyway, he said, yep, no worries, leave it with us. And uh, one day, or not that long after, I got a message on Facebook um, from Ayrton Richardson. He said, uh, hey, mate, I've seen you, I've followed you through um, Queensland Improved Production, and uh, I've got a car here that you could use to have some laps around Baskerville for, for, a, for a day or so. So, and as you, as you would, and become learn the new track before the Nationals, prep which you're not going to go to a national event with not knowing the track so we come down and here we are today and going to test a car at basketball raceway and prep for the nationals i gotta jump in here firstly that's not normal zach people don't just give you their car to drive it's because you're doing a fantastic job and can steer and secondly I've been to many nationals and qualified on my first lap around that track. So come on, yeah. <laughs> not all of us have the luxury of being able to go down yeah. and well, do testing beforehand. Yeah, we were very, we were very, very fortunate of someone actually uh, putting their car forward and um, saying, "Yep, yeah, no worries, you come down and we'll uh, we'll have it on the track ready um, That's to go awesome. around." And as, as you would, you'd jump at the opportunity and here we are, here we are down in Tasmania and um, yeah, ready to do some testing tomorrow. So tomorrow's your first day? Yeah, tomorrow's the first day. I haven't, I've been to the front gates of the track to see where it was and um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've seen of the track so far other than um, on Facebook and on YouTube and whatnot. Well, I was about to ask that. Do you do your YouTube study beforehand? Yeah. Learn. Yeah, you do. Good. I even my my racing friends in improved production. I tell them just get on YouTube, watch other people go around. I think it doesn't matter about their gear changes and their speeds and everything. Just just learn where you're going. Hmm. None of them did. And I remember when we went to the bend last year. The first time they came back in, they're like, I didn't even know where I was for the half the lap. (laughs) It's because it's such a long lap down there, you know. And I just thought, oh, a bit of homework, fellas. They're they're doing it for you, YouTube. It's free. Yeah, but the other thing too is I think the elevation changes are what get you sometimes. I mean, YouTube can tell you whether there's a right or a left coming up, but some of the things it can't tell you are just how tight that corner is and, you know, when you're cresting a hill or when you're blind. And, and, and I still think it's better have... to know when to go right and left before they oh, turn absolutely. up, and then the hill isn't as much of a shock to you. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But again, Zach, that just goes to show that, you know, you, you, you're preparing and, and mate, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail, and so good on you. And and uh, and um, I guess big thanks to Ayrton for for making that uh, making his car available. Yeah, big up, big up, man. That's a great thing to do to, in 
even to someone who's one of your long friends, never alone, someone that's asking to have it to run at the track. And all we need to know is that someone gave their race car and gave you an opportunity to cut some laps and prepare for the nationals, and that's freaking awesome. Yep. Well done, IP community. That's, that's a. Uh, I have to give that big shout out to Ayrton. Um, he's he's a uh, basically a life. I would say a lifesaver for me. I. I um I do struggle coming to a brand new track other than watching YouTube, but for him letting me drive that his his personal car and entrusting me with it to go around the track at pace, it's just it's amazing. It blows me away. So a big shout out to Ayrton Richardson. Uh, he's actually racing at the at the nationals with us. Good stuff. Oh great, oh, great. That's great. Uh, he'll be there. I'd trust you in my car, Zach. I wouldn't trust my car with you. <laughs> <laughs> Zach hasn't seen your car, uh, oh, so uh... and my car hates me. I hate it like it with you driving. It won't know what hit it. It'll give up straight away. It'd just be like first to seconds, like nah, I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> I should I should say, uh, Zach, as good as you are, uh, Mick's car has precisely one more national championship than you do so yeah it has <laughs> not with me in it though of course yeah, yeah. that's funny yeah. zach uh, i guess that's how you're preparing yourself for the nationals how about the car um uh, are you doing some more work uh, preparing it how, how are you preparing the car for the nationals right now at the moment it's all it's all uh sitting on the hoist still uh, ready to be all stripped apart so within the next uh two weeks we'll, we're doing a big working bee on it engine will come out it's going to be sent back down to phil and he'll um he'll check it all out make sure everything's schmick and a-okay and 100 110 percent before we come down uh everything will be checked over all the bolts will be looked over tight and double checked triple checked and everything will be all cleaned and ready to go um then all put back together before we come back down and come back down and Go racing for the nationals, and you and you. So the long drive down will uh, will you be jumping in the truck or in the car and and towing the car down yourself, or do you do you get the uh, the white glove uh, racer treatment and get to jump on a plane? Uh, I'm I'm in the car. I've got to go for the drive Good down. On, it's yeah. uh, my father <laughs> and I are in the car, and one of our um, pit crew, Mark. He's he's in the car too. So which is awesome. It doesn't it splits us up splits it up between the three of us. And um, on the barge on Tuesday night. Good stuff. Well, mate, all the best and best of luck for the Nationals. We're all really excited to see how you go. And yep. I'm just so glad that uh, that you're going down there and, and going to give it a crack because, yeah, we've just loved watching you this year and uh, really excited now to cheer you on down there in Tassie. So good luck, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, much appreciated for all the... For the amount of support that's coming from everyone, um, it's just amazing. And I'd just like to thank everyone out there. Which brings me to who you would like to thank. So um, you've thanked, you've, you've said a lot about Phil and your old man. Is, is there a list of people that you would, you'd like to thank? Um, firstly, uh, my sponsors. They're a major part of my uh, motorsport career, especially more trailers. Pittsworth, they are an exceptional business um, building trailers throughout Australia and um I have to give a credit to them. They've supported me from my day dot and go karts, and uh, that's a very big um, support from them throughout my whole racing career. Same with uh, KNR Plumbing Supplies; they're a uh, Queensland-based business, 
Um, they've supported me through most of my go-karting and motor racing career. Ubergang Transport, they have uh, supported me. Extravision Technologies and Steve Jones Floor Sanding, they are all my sponsors at the moment. And I'll have to give a, a huge shout-out to them. They are the backbone of um, my motorsport to get me to where I am today. Great. And um, any, 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 anyone else, family, friends? Um, oh, especially to my pit crew. Um, he's uh, and Dennis Larson. They uh, they come to the track weekend in, weekend out, and give a hand on the car. It's absolutely much appreciated for them to come to the track and work on the car. For working on the car endlessly throughout the whole weekend, and Phil and my father, and especially my mother, she's. She's uh, definitely a big part of my motorsport career throughout the years, and she's um, one of my biggest supporters out there. So a huge shout-out to Mum. Thanks, Mum. I love you so much. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Well, good, on <laughs> good man. Good on you, Zach. <laughs> and, um, and, mate, uh, look, there's a lot of people out there who would love to follow you and your progress. Um, is there somewhere they could follow you, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram? Uh, on Facebook, and I have a, um, an Instagram account, um, Zach Hudson Motorsport. It's uh, should see the car on the profile pictures there. So happy days, mate. Um, uh, before we wrap up, coming back to Justin Keys. Now, we we know Mick and I know Justin from his green RX3. If I called it an 808, uh, Mick would get upset, but that's Thank what you. it is. Even though Mick, you can call uh, it a piston t- turbo piston <laughs> engine RX3 if you want. It's an RX3. Okay, it's a real. So one. we we know him from the green RX3, but um, he sold that car. Uh, late last year, I understand, to Max Demerick down in South Australia. And Max has uh, been punting that car around South Australia uh, this year. Uh, and I think late last year too. Uh, you I've also just heard that it's not for sale anymore. That oh. was on the forum the other day. Okay. Meaning so, it's been sold or meaning Max changed know. his mind? Because, you know, there's only three people in the world that are on forums these days. That means that uh. no one's answering. But someone did put on their... Anyway, topic for another for another session mm. for you and I. Yep, can... absolutely. Very interested because Mick and I both uh, hero worship that car, among a couple others. We yep. love it. But, um, mate, you alluded to the fact that Justin might be building another car and coming back to IP. Can you can you share any information on that with us? Um, I'm not too sure of uh, the exact – I know some details of it. Phil's involved and it's a Commodore. Right. Uh, uh, that's all I'm. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say too much if it's a uh, bit of a hush. That's, yep. um, you know say. what? We don't need any more. We're all pretty freaking <laughs> happy that Justin's coming back. That's <laughs> awesome. If he's decided that LMV8's the way he needs to go, then we're all happy to see him try and get there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's an ex-champ, and he definitely knows how to steer. And if he's got Phil. In the background as well, we know it's all going to be good. He's going to be very, very fast. He's going to be a uh, definitely one of the. He's going to be up definitely, definitely. When do you when do you think we'll see it? Uh, I reckon it's going to be um, first round of twenty twenty Queensland IPRA. I reckon it's going to be so next year twenty twenty next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Freaking awesome. Unreal. So Justin. Thumbs up to you, mate. Can't wait to see the car. Um, I'll probably see the back of it disappearing away, but that's no, okay. I won't even see that. Um, You'll see the headlights turn up and then the thing is just 
gone. <laughs> yeah, to lap, to lap me, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, uh, look, Zach, thanks so much for um, uh, for taking the time to speak with us tonight. Uh, mate, we wish you the best of luck. We'll be cheering you on, the Nationals, and, and as you go next year, as you take the fight to the established cars and stars. And, mate, it's just a, such a privilege to have you in this category. Thanks, mate, for and taking the time. And to have you on our show. Thank you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. A huge thank you to you guys, Chris and Mick. Like it's a it's a big pleasure to be a part of um uh, the podcast and the IPRA community throughout Australia. It's um a very big welcome and thank you for having me on the show once again. No worries at all. Just a reminder to our listeners that our upcoming dates, obviously we've got the Nationals. We've been talking about that a lot uh, tonight. That's down in Baskerville, 15 to 17 November. It's coming up. The next round, next state rounds uh, after that, or actually before that, New South Wales, the final round is at Sydney Motorsport Park at 20, on 26 and 27 October. We've got uh, West Australia, 26 October. Get get down there and watch Ash punt the VN around, hopefully. And, yeah, we're hoping uh, to set, see the VN. Yep. Yep, thumbs up. And South Australia, that, that awkward last round, Malala. Um, uh, just again, once again, thank you to Zach. Uh, thank you, Mick, and to our listeners. Thanks again to all the volunteers that make IP the category it is around Australia, uh, the club people and all the people that help us uh, get to our meetings, race our cars and you know, family, friends and, and all the sponsors for IP around Australia. And thank you again to the races as well. Uh, without you, we wouldn't have a category. Uh, and again, there's a lot of you with cars gathering dust in the, in the sheds at home. So dust them off, bring them out and uh, come race with us. You won't regret it. Subscribe to future episodes uh, of the podcast. And thanks again for listening. Take care, everybody. All the best.